0: Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. And when I say gentlemen, I'm joined by two people today instead of normally. It's just Jack and I, but we are joined with Arm Layton, the other co-founder of JustBaseball.com. What is up, boys? JustBaseball.com is dropping June 22nd. It's going to be the best baseball website in the world. Before we get to the baseball website, Arm, give Peter's
1: intro to the episode a letter grade real quick. Oh, come on.
2: Okay, without the without being at the risk of being the broadcast hardo, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, a B, a B. and that just
0: seem nice. Like you said, I'll give it a B. It's a B. I, I would right. say B, like maybe B minus,
1: because you kind of uh-huh. broke the card. You you committed the cardinal sin right away, and it's they really addressed us off the top instead of addressing the audience. Like, you oh, didn't, that's how you're you supposed acknowledge, to acknowledge. You immediately acknowledged us. Like, yeah, we're having a conversation right now, but you got you gotta loop everybody else in, right? They're part That's of the sure. Company.
2: We got a lot of people and you hear this? you're getting a free lesson. Anybody listening, free broadcast lesson from Fort Wayne Tin Cap's voice, Jack McMullen.
0: Free lesson. And why I think that point is actually important is that we're doing the TikTok mailbag today where we're yeah. directly answering questions off of our TikTok bio. And I decided to not address the audience first. I decided on you guys. Site
1: launches launches in five days. I'm an asshole. If you guys haven't figured that out by now.
0: uh, It's more important to
2: critique Peter's broadcasting than, you know. Yeah, Instead of just
0: getting into the website that's going to be launching where we're covering MLB, minor leagues, college, fantasy, gambling, and trading cards. Jack decided to give me a two-minute lesson on broadcasting when all I was saying was welcome in. We're joined by Arm
2: Layton. And this website is like my lifeline. I, I think I'm worthless if this website doesn't work out. So me too. You know, yeah, we're, we have nothing. So that that shows where Jack stands here. But you know, he, he's Hollywood now in Fort Wayne. Yeah, I guess he's Hollywood. Voice voice of the Tin Caps. He's just Hollywood now. You and, think uh, Hollywood and Fort Wayne are the same place? I thought Hollywood was on the West Coast. When you're when you're broadcasting, that was such a Hollywood caps. answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's let's get into it, because I've got some I've got some gripes that I'm going to hold till till the end. But let's let's answer these uh, questions. And I'd like to start off with the Boston Red Sox. And this is a question.
0: Any change in opinion on the Red Sox fact or fluke video? And just to let everybody know, we started at the beginning of the year calling them a fluke. We started, they were off to a really hot start, and we didn't think that the starting pitching would actually rise to the occasion like we've kind of seen it do, and the Red Sox have been fantastic this year. Aram, you had a gripe because you thought that you might have called them a fact, but I think we were all in the same boat of calling them a fluke.
2: Yeah, I'm trying, I think, I I, like, I'm trying to remember, if I remember correctly, I think we all kind of stayed on the same page of they're not bad, their offense is legit but the pitching is just not going to work for them. I don't think that much has changed for me in that regard. Um, I think the pitching is better than I thought it would be. And that is good for them in the terms of regular season play, because you're going to get some decent starts out of guys, keep you in ball games, and your offense will play well. But when you're looking at a rotation that doesn't have anybody with a sub 1.2 whip, I just don't see how that's sustainable for like, the postseason. Uh, where you got to have lights out guys. You've got to have that ace in the rotation. You got to have at least three or two really, really solid arms. And I just don't see how they're going to stack up with some other teams. Maybe they could steal a first round matchup, but in seven games, I just don't know if this team is built to win a series. Jack, you got any
0: thoughts on that? Because they're 42 and 27. They're hard to ignore right now. They're second in the division, a game back from the Rays. But a lot of their wins aren't against the strongest competition. I feel like I could probably
1: reiterate everything Aram just said because you know, you thought the offense was good enough, the pitching just wasn't gonna play. And now the pitching's kind of playing. Like, do they have the firepower in the pitching staff, on the pitching staff? Um to compete in a five game or seven game series. And the answer is, I don't know. So like, I've, I've got no idea if they're a factor of fluke. All I know is Xander Bogarts. Like, and you know, obviously if you listen to the last episode, then you know that Bogarts is in our, our number two overall shortstop. If you're waiting for the TikTok releases, um, he will be high on that list. I don't he know. will I be high. So, like, Bogarts is playing really well. Rafael Devers, obviously, is Rafi Devers. Like, dude smokes the ball. J.D. Martinez is is back, you know, hitting the way he should. And then they, you know, it's it's fill in any other piece. And I think hugo has been
0: great. Yeah, Virginia's and I think so there good. are
1: guys that can um, can come up and rake as well. I don't think Franchi Cordero is, but I think Jaron Duran might. Um, yeah. if he's not on that Olympic roster. I mean, I think the Red Sox would be making a mistake by um, not adding him to the 40-man my understanding with the Olympic rosters is you can't choose guys that are on 40 man's. So that qualifying roster Duran was not on the Red Sox 40 man, um, yeah. which just and, kind of baffles me because it feels like they might need that outfield help. But, you know, like you mentioned, I, I, Hunter,
2: Renfrew. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Just, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this because you bring up a really good point. And I, I asked somebody close to the Sox organization, kind of what's the deal with this. Isn't he knocking on the door? Why would he go to the Olympics? And they said, uh, uh, he's still got a little ways to go. And what? so I, you know, he's a guy that never was doing what he's doing now before. So maybe they wanted to see it replicated beyond just a hundred. So plate appearances. I I understand that to a degree. Um, I I still would love to see him in the major league level, but I I think that statement kind of coincides with what we're seeing uh, with the way they're managing him, right. Is go ahead to the Olympics, have a ball uh, because you're not really totally ready for the big leagues yet. So that, that statement seems to make sense with what they're doing. I just don't know if I totally agree with the rationale that he's you know still ways away from being ready
1: i've I've got a preference question for the both of you would you rather go try and win an olympic gold medal or would you rather be playing at fenway park on a daily basis because fenway park
0: yeah well yes i mean if you're talking about playing every day and being a red sock versus one time i'm going to the olympics but i feel like winning a gold medal in itself is better than anything that you could win in the mlb you would rather have a gold medal than a world series i don't know i mean obviously there's no (laughs) i don't know i don't know if the answer is no i don't know if the answer is no winning a gold medal maybe in baseball because team usa is never actually team usa and it's not actually the best collection of american players so maybe in that sense no but i don't know Carmelo anthony's got a usa title it's kind of sick
2: yeah, I wonder if he'd trade that for an NBA title or even some playoff
0: wins. But even getting back to the Red Sox, I've been following them all year and their schedule. They just don't really beat anyone good, but they trounce really bad teams. For example, when the Astros came to Fenway and when the Red Sox went to the Astros, it was 5-1 Astros. The Red Sox only pulled out one win out of those kinds of series. They lost two to three to the A's yeah they beat the Yankees but I think we're all on the same page that the Yankees just aren't really impressive right now and then you go down the roster you know they split with the Blue Jays which is fine but then they go play the Braves and they won two games there so they're beating up on teams that aren't that great I would love to see them have a great series against like the White Sox a great series against the Dodgers the Padres the A's the Astros the Rays they're not really beating a lot of these good teams but they're trouncing really bad teams so and then. They have a couple, they have a hard schedule coming up in July. So I'm excited to see how the Red Sox do.
1: One yeah, quick I mean, thing before we move on from the Red Sox. Shout out to all-time Red Sox great Pedro Martinez. Guy gets his balls rubbed up however he yeah. wants his balls to be rubbed
0: up. <laughs> that was the he's, weirdest quote I've ever he's seen. My favorite guy in the it world. It was awesome. And he like doubled down on it too. Yeah. He's he like awesome. knew what he was saying, and he was like, I know this is gonna get clipped, and I want it.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> so doesn't care. Man. The Pedro Martinez thing or the Bill Belichick after Deflategate? Like I've I've felt dozens of balls over the last yeah. couple of weeks. See,
2: but I think Belichick had no idea what he.
0: Was Belichick doing. didn't even care, right? No. Do you think Belichick? How many times a day do you think Belichick goes on the internet? Zero. I think you got to expand it from a day to a year. <laughs> Just yeah. how many times a year? Then you yeah. might get a number. Couple. Next question. What do you think of Adley Rutschman and what do you think about the future of the Orioles arm? I'm passing it to you because you are all over Grayson Rodriguez. You're all over Adley and you're all
2: over Gunnar Hederson. Give give us your thoughts. I, I mean, look, the, the Bowie Bay Sox might be the best minor league team we've seen in 20 years. i maybe longer than that. I'd have to do some research. That team is ridiculous. I, I think the Orioles have a really, really bright future because Not only do they have the prospect talent, a lot of it's getting closer to the big leagues. I mean, Adley could be called up by the end of this year. Grayson Rodriguez could be called up by the end of this year. And then they've had some emerging guys on the big league roster like Cedric Mullins, who I think is a big part of their future. I still believe in Ryan Mountcastle. He's been really heating up over the last month or two. I love his bat, though he's a bit positionless. We'll see what they do with some of the other guys. I like Santander also, but he hasn't been playing quite to the degree that he's capable of. But those guys are kind of just playing with the house's money. The real blue chips are the guys you mentioned. Adley Rutschman, in my opinion, if, if he's not the best catcher in baseball in five years, uh, I think it would be a disappointment. And that's not to put too high of expectations on him. It's just because that's what he's shown. Switch hitting catcher, hitting for power to all fields, great defender, and does everything that you want for a catcher to do, whether it's between the ears or you know between the lines. And, and I think that's the most important thing. Grayson Rodriguez is my number one pitching prospect in baseball, so that's enough to be said there. Uh, He sits in the upper 90s, uh, flashes four potential plus pitches, good command. What else could you want? And then one of the fastest risers right now, I think, in minor league baseball in terms of prospect value is Gunnar Henderson. I love Gunnar Henderson. I think he's going to be a top 30, top 40 prospect, potential five tool player. He's kind of like a Bobby Witt light a little bit, not quite the power that he has, but has that even spread of tools across the board that is just enviable. And then DL Hall looks like he's putting it together too and could be a really special frontline starter uh, as a Southpaw. I mean, you got to be amped on the Orioles for the next couple of years. Uh, you just gotta wait out maybe another season or two of, of mediocrity, but they, they're putting it together and they've got a lot of talent.
0: Jack, before before you answer, he said something very interesting. He said, that Grayson Rodriguez is the best pitching prospect in the minors. And I think we got to redo that a little bit. Cause I need to hear a little bit more about Grayson. Cause I know you've been going off on him. Like he's, is he better really than Mackenzie Gore? Is he better than guys like Nate Pearson? I need to
2: know why. To me, he's just so complete. It, you, you have a pitcher that has only gotten better every time we see him. He was a late bloomer in high school, uh, gets, Drafted out of high school, late pop-up guy, uh, gets drafted in the first round. And every single season we've seen him, his velocity has gone higher and higher as the season went on, which is just incredible. Now he's sitting 95, 98. His movement on his pitches is otherworldly. One of the things that I love about Mackenzie Gore is he has four potential plus pitches and used to command them well. Now he doesn't. He's walked 10 batters in 16 innings and has been a disaster. I'm not saying it's over for Mackenzie Gore. But it, you, you have to kind of give a nod to Grayson Rodriguez, who is just continuing to dominate hitters now at the double A level. When you have the potential four plus pitches, he just started learning a change up over the last year. And that's already flashing. Plus, he just gets better and better. And his quick learning ability, the way that he just improves every time we see him, I, I, that's the kind of guy I'm betting on, in my opinion. Um, to kind of piggyback off that, and you said that he,
1: he said one interesting thing, Aram, I'm going to kind of give you a virtual knuckle bump right now and say that you said a bunch of interesting things. Thank you. Uh, but, he, you know, doubling down on Grayson Rodriguez, I, I think he's the top pitching prospect in baseball. And I do like Mackenzie Gore, but we are very thin in terms of pitching prospects right now. Of the top 20 prospects in Major League Baseball, five are pitchers. Five of the top 20, that should be a pretty even split, like 10 and 10, yeah. maybe 12, eight in favor of hitters. But 15 to five is not that even a split, and Rodriguez is sitting at 20. Guys over him, Mackenzie Gore, who has really struggled in AAA so far this year. Nate Pearson, who I don't know what we're going to get out of him.
0: 6 to Sanchez. Do we like him? Do we it's like right. Nate Pearson? Because he, he throws a 100, and his stuff is gross, But and everyone else loves him. For the I, for, sake of, but I'm talking to two people who don't really love him. For the I, I like, love his potential, right? Go ahead, Jack. For the sake of longevity. I actually like
1: Manoa over
0: an
2: Pearson. I do too. I think you have the health issues. And I think one really important thing, I talked to some hitters that faced uh, Pearson and, and they said, obviously it's tough. It's electric. There's a lot of life to it. But the one thing that you're able to do, it's hard to square up, but it's not hard to, to at least get a piece of because it's hard and harder. He doesn't have those three distinct speeds. Yeah. And that's something I know you guys talk about having those three distinct speeds is huge because even if I'm guessing against Nate Pearson and I guess fastball and he throws a 93 mile an hour slider instead, I can adjust and maybe get a piece of it. The, the difference with Grayson Rodriguez is he has this change up in the low 80s, a slider that can be mid 80s that he manipulates up to upper 80s and then a fastball in the upper 90s. It's just too difficult to be able to guess what's coming and adjust as such. And I think that's what really separates him. Maybe Nate Pearson comes out with a show me curveball. All of a sudden things are different, but he's got to stay healthy first. And that's, that's my big uh, reservation with him. Uh Whereas Manoa is already showing that third pitch a little bit. And that slider is a frisbee. Yeah, before
1: we before we actually hit record on this thing, Peter and I were talking about the 89 mile per hour slider and how yeah. it's just like becoming too apparent. And I think I would rather have 84 if I'm a guy sitting 94 to 95 than 89, because, you know, 89, you, you tend to lose a little bit of that slide. You tend to lose a little bit of that bite on that slider and you know, I, I just think those speeds are a little bit too similar and we're seeing 89 mile per hour sliders at pretty much like every level right now, which is crazy,
0: yeah. but you can't throw 89 mile an hour sliders. If you throw like an already a 93 mile an hour fastball, cause these pitches are just so fast in general, if it's not Absolutely darting out of the zone guys can still get barrel on it and that's not that big of a velo jump where you're going to be totally caught off guard so we were talking about earlier when jacob Degrom throws his 91 mile an hour slider it's really fast but it's a 10 mile an hour drop off his fastball yeah. so when ross stripling for example even though he had a really good start last night against the yankees he was throwing 93 94 with that 89 mile an hour slider cutter thing and Gary had to hit a home run off. It's just like even though he had a good start and it can be used in spurts because if we're getting too hard on pitchers, an 89-mile-an-hour slider is still kind of cool. Yeah. still moves. It's still an 89-mile-an-hour 80 mile slider. If you asked 20 years ago how many guys were throwing 89-mile-an-hour sliders, but to the point about the three different speeds, that 10-mile-an-hour drop, that's what makes Jacob deGrom's slider so untouchable. So yeah. It's just a good point. Um, But just tying the bow on the Orioles conversation, a
1: guy that is flying under the radar somehow, and like Gunnar Henderson also flying under the radar, also got to factor in that this is a shortstop for the Orioles that is a freaking athlete. He was the Alabama player of the year, baseball and basketball. Like, when you are a two-sport player of the year in an athletic hotbed like Alabama, I mean, you know you're very good at sports, and you can adapt. You can be an athlete. So Gunnar Henderson, he's also a lot thicker than I thought he was. He kind of looks like a lank machine, but he's 210 pounds. So congrats to you, Gunnar Henderson. Um, But D.L. Hall, how about D.L. Hall? I like him. I think he can be another good rotational piece for Baltimore and, you know, just – it tripling down on on Adley Rutschman. I mean, he's going to be. I agree with Arm, top catcher in baseball in, in five six years. What do you think about a DL Hall
0: Max Freed comparison? I like it. Hall,
2: Hall's fastball is just on a different level, but the breaking ball fastball kind of combination is is definitely a good baseline. I just think Hall's fastball is is on a different level, which. Yeah. I mean, Max Freed was out
0: here the other day grabbing sevens, 97 yeah. miles an hour. Like, he was grabbing them. He looked good. He's throwing it hard. And yeah, when he's he throwing he it you. that hard with that bender of a curveball, he's tough to hit. So I, I gave him the Max Freed comp, and you're saying he might be better?
2: Yeah, it's just the life and the deceptiveness of Hall that he has, that if he can locate like Freed does, then Yeah, Freed do. does do that. But, yeah, I, I like the comp of the fastball and hammer uh, that, that really is just so tough from a lefty yeah more prospect questions and more futuristic questions
0: thoughts on austin martin and jordan groshans and the blue jays farm system leading into the future jack we'll start with you because we started with arm of basically every single prospect question i really like austin martin
1: um I don't know if Jordan Groshans is as staying power in that lineup. I mean, he's he's fine, but like Martin, I think has some defensive versatility where he can hop out and play. I'm just trying to envision a spot in that lineup for Austin Martin, like next year or the year after, and I don't know if I can envision that because I really like Goriel. I really like Teoscar Hernandez. Exactly. Springer's locked up now for a couple of years, and then you've got the. Is still good. Much. What? Biggio is still pretty good, and Biggio is going to be good for ten years. And Bo Bichette and Vladdy Junior are perennial all stars. Like I'm, I'm
0: trying to figure out where Austin Martin fits. And of you know course where Austin Martin fits. Ready. Austin Martin fits on another team, and they should trade for a starter. Yeah, and Arm's
2: giving me the thumbs up. What do you thought about that? I think Jordan Groshans is sent out first between the two of them. Uh, But to to answer the question, I I think both of those guys should be very available. Um, Austin Martin was no way, in no way, shape. I have no way to verify this, but I'll put my life on it. that there's no way the Blue Jays had Austin Martin on their draft board. He fell in their lap and they're like, oh, okay." Like He's just that talented. We'll take the guy that was borderline the number one overall pick potentially until Torkelson just took over. Uh, So they took him. Uh, But that being said, I think there's a little bit of a reason why Martin fell. So what What is Martin good at, Jack? What, what does he excel at other than putting the bat on the ball? No, so what does good. he excel at? He's good at a lot of things. He is not great at like really anything. Exactly. And that's kind of my problem with him is, is if we're going to celebrate this guy as this prized top 20 prospect in baseball, I think you need to excel in something. And that's not to say I think Martin's a big leaguer. And I like him in the regard that his bat is so high floor. He's a decent athlete. He can play a lot of spots, but he also doesn't have a true home didn't play shortstop at all in college. Uh, I think he ends up finding a home in center field potentially, but who knows uh, what ends up happening. He's not hitting for any power Uh, Two home runs so far through 32 games. That was always the question with him. Was he going to hit for power? We still haven't seen that yet. Still time to show that, but we still haven't seen it yet. So if he's not hitting for power, third base might be out of the question. The defense, I don't know if he's good enough to play at shortstop. We'll have to see. Second base potentially could be an option for him as well. But, but what are you getting here? Uh, a guy that has a good approach, a guy that walks a lot, a guy that will keep the strikeouts in check and does a bunch of things pretty well. But is that exciting? Is that a franchise-altering type of player, a top-20 prospect? No. And, and I think his ceiling is the lowest of any of the prospects in his vicinity when we talk about rankings. And uh, I, I think that kind of bores me a little bit, and I would happily trade him personally. Uh, for to a team that's rebuilding and could use that high probability big leaguer that, you know, gives you a good chance to at least translate some of your guys in your system to success. But how about Jordan Groshans? I I think he is even uh, more volatile, obviously, because Martin is a higher four guy. Groshans, in my opinion, is not a shortstop. Uh, He's made, I think already a dozen errors this year, Uh, just not comfortable there. Can't stay healthy. Uh, probably almost definitely going to third base, which is fine because he has the power to play third, but I don't see the bat being this massive, massive game changer. I think the power plays, I think he's got a decent approach, but you combine the health issues with the defensive liability and obviously uh, not an immediate need for corner infield for the Blue Jays. And I could see both those guys being expendable. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be solid big leaguers, but I don't see very many all-star appearances personally out of either of those two guys let me throw something out to you real quick um do you think
1: jordan groschen's can be the dominant piece in a deal that nets the blue jays sunny gray if cincinnati kind of sputters
2: yes yeah depends what the secondary and potentially tertiary pieces are but i think so yes can i tell you guys my plan for the
0: blue jays i already told jack but arm i want to run it by you even though we probably did it offline but i want to do it again on the podcast so this is my plan for the Toronto Blue Jays, what you're going to do is you're going to package Nate Pearson and Martin for Jose Ramirez. That gets you a third baseman. Now your infield is Jose Ramirez, Bo Bichette, Marcus Semyon and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But you still have Biggio. So what do you do with Biggio? You call up the Colorado Rockies and you say, what can we do for Herman Marquez? Maybe you put Biggio in there. Maybe a low end prospect in there too. Does that deal get done? And then you say we ne- we still need relievers. And then maybe you call the Pittsburgh Pirates, go get Richard Rodriguez. See what you could get. Maybe for the Indians also, James Karinchak. And then you turn your Emmanuel class A The pieces are there, and the players are out there for the Blue Jays. <laughs> Big splash. You guys are laughing at me, even though I bet it works.
2: It works in MLB The Show,
0: for sure. All um, right, then tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me who says no. You're not wrong. Who you says no? Who? No, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm saying who says no in a deal for Nate Pearson
2: and Martin for Jose Ramirez? Who says no? Cleveland. I, I think Cleveland believes in their ability to develop pitchers. And, yeah. and for that reason, I think they they would rather not take the pure stuff guy. That, you don't think they could develop Nate Pearson, though, who's already he, thrown 100? He he already is pretty developed. Yeah, it's kind of true. he's got the, the health issues. So yeah. I, I think I like where your head's at. I, I like it. I think if you're trying to go for Jose Ramirez, you're going to have to go Martin and uh, maybe even you know Alejandro Kirk, uh, one of those guys w- with yeah. Moreno knocking on the door. I, I think you, your head's in the right spot there. Uh, I don't know if they can make this flurry of deals and become – uh, this like super team. And then the, the reason I on. say but it, I do like that first move that could happen. The uh,
0: reason I say it is because there is an opening in the AL East. The Rays losing Glasgow is terrible. And we're going to talk about it in our, in our next question. The Rays losing glass is terrible. The Red Sox. We don't really believe in. And then the Yankees, we don't really believe in. And the blue Jays are set up so well that if they made a big big splash using the pieces that they already have I don't see how they can't make a big splash and possibly win the division and also the entire American League is is somewhat wide open White Sox have been dealing with injuries Astros are good but are they gonna win the entire thing and then the A's are good not amazing so there is an opening here for the blue jays that's why i say they have the pieces to really make a splash and you could possibly go to the world series making those moves that's what i'm saying
1: i don't know man i mean, that's a lot of moves that you just throw at us like, it's
0: not even that many moves it's three moves yeah i mean three they're three big moves. yeah three big moves when has that right? ever happened in the history of baseball during a season then nut up. Somebody nut up. You want to win a championship? There you go. Now you have Jose Ramirez. And then if you have a really good starting pitcher behind Ryu, and then you shore up that bullpen with Meriwether coming back.
2: Hold on. I don't think Think you get Jose Ramirez, frankly. Yeah, I don't think so either. And and think about how much better
1: um, Ross Atkins is at, at developing the finer pieces at developing like some of those smaller things. Like Ross Atkins has excelled in Toronto by being low key and bringing guys up and making those minor moves. Like, he might make a deal for Jose Ramirez, but like Ramirez, that's going to be a King's ransom. And I also think Nate Pearson and Alex Martin. They're big pieces. They're big. They're not big enough for a top three third baseman in baseball. And that's young and cheap and still has some control. And all right, fine. Let's move on. Fine. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not done yet with the Indians nearing their next window a lot sooner than I think a lot of people are anticipating them to. I think the Indians are going to contend again sooner rather than later. I agree. Fine.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. We have another question and you guys already talked about it, but I kind of want to give my piece too. thoughts on the recent 10 game ban with pay for anything pitchers using, including sunscreen and rosin.
2: So it's with pay or without pay
0: with pay oh they're with pay they're getting paid in the 10 day um it's if like they get caught in, with sticky stuff school. they're getting paid still
2: yeah yeah it's like getting suspended in elementary school like, Oh no, no, just stay home and, and don't go to school I, I i think look it's one of those things that yeah the sticky substances has just turned into a super slippery slope and, and jack and i've talked about it a ton uh, i think you have to police it in some way and i think you have to intimidate people from doing it if you really want to enforce the rules uh I'm just interested to see how umpires decide to make it about themselves and uh, who decides to make it a show. And I'm assuming it's going to be Joe West and uh, Angel Hernandez and those kind of guys. And that's where it'll get frustrating. But it's one of those things where you, you can't really win one way or another and you're going to have to police it somehow. My thing is
0: MLB promised the players that what they were going to do during this season is they weren't going to mess with pitchers. They weren't going to mess with with how they operate, and they were just going to collect the balls and do some analysis and figure out at the end of the season when the collective bargaining agreement is talked about, maybe put some of those sanctions, those rules in there about the ball, about sticky substances. But instead, they told the pitchers that, and then in the middle of the season, they say, well, now you can't use anything, including sunscreen rosin. And Trevor Bauer had a great point about this too. Trevor Bauer said... So am I allowed to wear sunscreen to protect myself from the sun? Am I allowed to use the rosin bag at the back of the mound that you give me? And then am I allowed to sweat? So is it my fault if sunscreen trickles down my hand and I have rosin and I'm sweating and then it creates some sort of sticky substance? Am I cheating? And I think it was a very good point. And also the point about glass now that we were going to talk about that I kind of, tend to believe him i know a lot of people might think he's a wuss for complaining about not using sticky substances. i completely disagree i think he is doing his exact job he was training with the materials that was presented to him because i mean at this point now it seems like 99 percent of pitchers are using it your favorite pitcher does everybody's using it so if they're all using it and they're all getting ready in a certain way especially off a of covid year you either continue doing it or you can, or you don't because you're just going to mess with pitchers arms. I mean, we talked about it in the way even they grip the ball. It's different the way they're gripping the ball. It's different on their forearm, on their shoulder, on their elbow. I think pitchers,
2: pitchers were the ones that let it get this far though. They're the ones that just a good kept point. pushing the, pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope because well, just- was it
0: pitchers or what might've been maybe pitching coaches. Or track man I, it, people. It's,
2: everybody, you it's know? everybody. It's everybody.
0: So we can't blame it solely on
2: pitchers. I mean, that's they what make I'm the saying. decision whether whether they want to do it or not. I mean, and they're all going to use it. I, I think, you know, we, we, we're we seeing pitchers act like that. they're – I don't understand. I, I tweeted this earlier too. Because I don't understand why people are acting like baseballs. I understand they're slick when they first come out. But these guys are acting like, oh, man, how am I supposed to throw this thing now as if it's a bar of soap? Like right. you can grip yeah, a baseball. You <laughs> made it to the major leagues throwing baseballs. Rub it up. You can still use the rosin. You can figure it out. Will it make a, a difference? Sure. You can throw a few bullpens. You did it your whole life. You're the best in the among the best in the world at throwing this object. You should be able to adapt. That's where I don't totally get it. A quarterback can throw in the snow, and yeah, they have some issues, but they end up still making the passes most of the time. You know, it, those are the things where I'm just thinking, like, okay, is it really that hard to grip a baseball? Is it more about the premise and, and the circumstances of just? The power struggle that we always have in baseball between authority and player—that is kind of a microcosm of a larger issue.
1: I've got one thought on Glassnow, and then one thought on Major League Baseball to probably wrap this thing up. But um, with Tyler Glassnow, there were a lot of things in that press conference he said that could be interpreted as defensive, but he immediately doubled back and kind of negated that with other yeah. things. So, like, I think the sterling example of that within that press conference was this is a hundred percent why I got hurt. Actually I throw a hundred and I'm six, seven. That's why I got hurt, but this contributed to it. So like he would say these things being so frustrated and heated that he was kind of right after his start, right? He, he was losing his cool. Um, but then he would, he would immediately come back. Tyler glass now is an incredibly smart guy. Oh yeah. In a sport with a lot of dumb people, (laughs) uh, glass now being a smart guy and understanding anatomically how that's going to affect his arm and how that's going to affect, you know, his forearm and his grip and how that directly correlates to your UCL, you know, good on him. And I think that he had some points anatomically that major league baseball needs to look at. And that kind of takes me into my thought on major league baseball, their policing of this going into effect immediately is not them putting their chest out and making an executive decision. It's actually their indecision, which caused that. Yes. Because they needed to just stick to their fucking guns and say, we are going to deal with this at the end of the year. This year may suck for people, but we're going to deal with this at the end of the year because we know the repercussions that might follow. And then they got some major pushback and they immediately reversed course. Yep. You got to make up your mind either right away you have to immediately police this because you know it's a terrible thing going on or you have to stick to your guns and implement it after the season so guys can adjust you can't come out with one thing and then as soon as you get pressure from the other side to come out with another and there's a fucking chance that within a month they're going to get so much pushback from the original side again that they're going to waft back a little bit it's it's a shit show for them and they they dug this grave for themselves
0: We're getting a new rule change every other week, it seems like. yeah. And on that point, let's just talk a little bit about JustBaseball.com, which is dropping June 22nd. You can find it on our bio at JustBaseball.com, on TikTok at JustBaseballFans, on Instagram at JustBaseballFans. You can follow me on Twitter at PeterApple23. That's ArmLayton8. And that's Jack underscore McMullen11. I got all of the social names right. I'm very proud of it. Also, follow the entire company on Twitter at BB Media. JustBaseball.com is dropping June 22nd. We will be covering Major League Baseball, the minor leagues, college, fantasy, gambling. And the trading card market, you are not going to have to pay a fee for all of these different websites anymore. We are going to be the first one-stop shop for baseball fans. This is going to be awesome, Aram. I'm sure you're excited too, as we end it out.
2: I'm absolutely amped. And we have the newsletter as well, which you can sign up for at the landing page. And that'll be written by me. And you'll get Pete's picks in there. Also, if you don't have time to check the TikTok every single day, you can get them real quick that way as well. So All really exciting stuff. Right before we wrap up, I have one quick issue. Uh, I know we have like 50 seconds here, but Miguel Rojas is a top 10 shortstop in Major League Baseball, (laughs) and you guys have a weird disdain for small market teams. If you look at any metric, any single statistic, I don't know why you don't like war. Do you not like defensive stats? Do you not like WRC plus? Do you not like batting average? Do you not like on base percentage? He is ahead of everybody that you have ahead of him, besides like the top five shortstops. Do you yeah, like Boba Shett? Do you think he's better than Boba No, but he's better than
0: Brandon Crawford.
2: Top six in war since the beginning of last year, despite playing 30 less games than everybody else. This is small market bias, anti-small market bias, and we're not going to stand for it anymore from the Yankees and Chicago guy over here where Jack doesn't pick a side. Thank you very much, everybody. Looking forward to the next appearance on the Just Baseball Show. See you guys. Love you. Thank you, everybody.